Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. My name is Colleen Edwards-Chesley, and you are listening to Women in Leadership, a radio podcast show sponsored by Pensacola Business Radio X and also brought to you by Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast. I am the executive director, and I am proud to lead an organization that is an organic organization born and cultured and grown up right here in Pensacola, Florida. We do a number of different things under our mission, which is to promote, advance, and improve women in business. We promote them in a number of different ways. Today's show is one of those ways. We've got three women here today. Two of them are are members, and one of them is a community advocate and a community partner with us. And we'll be interviewing those women shortly, but that's a great way to get their business name out there and to get connected with the great people in this community. We also advance women. So we do a number of different things in the advanced category as far as leadership training, skill building, confidence building. We hold monthly networking events. So if you come to those different monthly meetings, you can get five minutes of education, plus learn from all these other fabulous women that attend those meetings. We tend to have about 50 women every single month to our monthly networking meetings in Pensacola. And then we also do a monthly networking meeting in Gulf Breeze as well. In addition to that, we also do a program called Power Up. And I'm excited that we are about to start our next Power Up series. That one starts actually in about a little less than two weeks now. It starts on February 20th. It's going to be on Tuesdays from 11.30 to 1 at the DeVillers Square Conference Room. Power Up is a 12-week series. It's an educational series for anyone in business that wants to grow skills in four different areas. The areas that we focus on are marketing, networking, business efficiency, and sales skills. So we go through a number of different topics, whether it's LinkedIn or how to approach somebody that you think might be interested in in taking part in your services, or if it's like the first class that we're going to start with, which is work-life balance. There's a lot of things that impact us as women in business and and maintaining a, a happy and healthy life in addition to your work is really important for lots of us. So that's where we start with the Power Up series is going to be on work-life integration. We talk about calendar systems. We talk about time management, possibly blocking your calendar or blocking chunks of time to be more efficient. We also talk about some things like how do you, how do you handle the the additional responsibilities like maintaining a household, getting the grocery shopping done, doing all the all the, you know, other household chores that that you might be involved in during your day. So that's exciting stuff that we talk about in that very first class. If you're interested in the Power Up series, you can always visit our website, which is powerfulwomengulfcoast.com, or you can check us out on Facebook under Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast. Get more information about us, attend one of our monthly meetings and maybe come to uh Come to the Power Up series and see if it's something that makes sense for you. We also offer the Power Up series in what we call um, your time and your place, meaning you can pay for the series and then you get a download of all of the different classes as as they happen. So we record each of the different classes and inside your folder that we send you, you get an audio recording of that actual class. So you may decide, I can't make it on Tuesdays from this time to this time to attend in person, but I would love the content. So maybe while I'm out of town on another business trip or or doing something else, I can pull up the content and listen to it then 
and be able to receive that educational information. So we're excited to be able to offer it in, in that way as well. It makes it very flexible for anyone that, that gets tied up or, or is not able to, to be able to attend it in person. We also have some other fun stuff that we're going to be doing coming up. We have another Painting with a Twist event. And we're excited. This is, um, I think it's probably our third year that we've done this, where we're going to invite anyone that wants to attend to come with us. We're calling it a friend raiser instead of a fundraiser, because we hope to build some some business relationships with um, people in business that might need to interact with powerful women of the Gulf Coast. So if you want to attend, it's $40. You get to go through the Painting with a Twist experience. We have picked a painting that's a beautiful it's kind of like a beachy scene. Kate, you weren't at the meeting last last week when we unveiled it, but we voted. We had five different paintings that we voted on and everybody, it was really close, but everybody chose this one that was uh, kind of like a beach theme. And then you put, you can put whatever mantra or saying over the sand that you want to. So it should be, should be a lot of fun. If you're somebody in business that wants to attend a meet, you know, an event like this and think that it would help to build these relationships, we would love to invite you to attend. If you're not in the financial means that you could be able to make the $40 donation um, to attend, let us know because we do have some community, community partners that aren't able to attend, but they love, would love to pay for the opportunity for somebody else to, to be able to be there and absorb the great information and interact with, with a lot of our members as well. So we're excited about that. We're also excited because we're starting to, to get ready for this year's conference. I think everybody in this room actually today has attended at least one of our conferences. Pam, who we'll talk to in a little bit, was one of our speakers. Also, our title conf- our title sponsor at last year's conference, Pam Hat with Penn Air Federal Credit Union. We're so excited to have here t- her here today. And um, this year's conference will be on Wednesday, October 17th and Thursday, October 18th. You can already go to Eventbrite and get your tickets. And I'm looking over at Pam's sad face. Please don't tell me you're out of town. Are you I, out of town? I am. My husband and I are taking a 31st anniversary trip to Scotland. 31st okay, anniversary awesome. trip to Scotland. I was like, I was like, we really can't compete I, with that, no, can we at all? We really no. can't. But I was sitting There's here just going, no way. I'm going to be able to go this year. And then I saw the date and I was like, oh. <laughs> well, next year, I don't think you'll have a trip to Scotland planned. So maybe we can get on your calendar quick enough now. At least 2020. <laughs> there is. There's always next year. Let's get on my calendar for 2025. <laughs> we do. Well, and Pam and I have done this for a number of years because she was a speaker twice, once, um, once well, was right. Once was the kickoff party. And then once was actually the speaker at the yeah, conference. Yeah. yeah. So it, Pam's funny because I'll, I'll say, okay, what does your calendar allow you to do? Oh, it allows me to be at the, at the conference. Okay. Then you're going to be a spe- speaker yeah. <laughs> or it allows me to be at this. Okay. Well then we're going to have you on stage for this. So, um, I don't doubt that your calendar is not heavily heavily booked, but we'll get her, we'll get her for next year. So I'm excited. I'm excited hopefully for that. So if you're, if Pam, if your husband is listening, hopefully he will write down these dates and not plan something for the same time next year. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get a team effort going. So that's a lot of information about powerful women of the Gulf Coast. The last thing that we do in our mission of promoting, advancing, and improving is by improving women, we work on the personal side. So we work a little bit on that being mindful and being present Taking care of yourself, the whole self-care thing, I think a lot of times can be tough for women. Also, it's about being your authentic self and having the ability to get get out of your shell in a comfortable, very um, community-based environment. When people come to our meetings, they share with us that 
that they've never been to a meeting like that before, but they walk out so energized and also feeling like they're a part of a, of a family almost instantly when they come to our meetings. So that's the part about improving women in business that, that we feel is really important. I think there's a lot of value that comes when you put women of the same mental state and mental focus, if you put them together, then all of a sudden amazing things happen. It's it's that synergy of having like-minded people in the same room. So that's the part about the last part of our mission that that we that we aspire to to making sure we satisfy is that improving women in business. So if you're not familiar with us already, hopefully that gives you a little bit of a rundown on our organization. Check out our website. It's powerfulwomengulfcoast.com or check us out on Facebook, Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast, or pop in and, and see us at a meeting, take part in an event, make a make a donation and help us get give more services and, and great programs to the women in this in this local area and help them be better themselves as leaders and business owners so then they can better our community as well. All right, now we are going to turn to our guests in the studio today. So the first one I want to introduce is Cheryl Weir. Cheryl has been to, you went to last year's conference. You actually, yeah, I was going to say it's been twice now, hasn't it? Because last year you helped at the registration desk. Yes. Yes. So Cheryl was one of the very first people when you walked into the conference that she helped you get checked in and made sure that you had all the resources that you needed for that day and then welcomed you into the conference. And you did that because you attended the first one and, and fell in love with what we were doing. It was fabulous. Both years. That's awesome. And hopefully your calendar's open. Definitely. For this year. So good. We'll have Cheryl there. Cheryl is a, a coach. She has been coaching individuals and teams and corporations committing to producing breakthrough results since 1992. Cheryl is top notch at what she does. And I have not seen you actually do a presentation, but I do want to share with with you, uh, with our audience, a little bit of an experience from that I know about Cheryl was I was sitting down interviewing Quint Studer. And we were, I was interviewing him because he was a pet talk speaker for our conference last year. So we were putting together the tape of what he was going to talk about at the conference. And while we were in between takes, he started telling me about some of the leadership training that they're doing with Studer Community Institute. And they do a lot with Studer Community Institute to help train business leaders in this area. So he started talking to me about about some of the things that were going on. And he said, you know, before I can get somebody to be a speaker for that, I always want to test them out in my own, kind of in my own backyard. So Quint Studer runs a number of different companies, including the Wahoos. And he had said that there was there was a training that they recently did. I think it was only the Wahoos. Was it only the Wahoos? All of the Studer Oh, it was the whole Studer family of companies. Okay. So he was talking about this recent training. We had just done this and we went through this disc analysis and if you know Quint Studer, Quint Studer has always been an advocate for his proprietary system called, I think it's called Key Strengths, Key Indicator. I can't remember what they use, but they, they've used that for years in his companies. But he had recently brought in somebody that taught DISC, and he said he was blown away. And if you know, if you know Quint, he always surveys afterwards because you can't, you can't expect to, to replicate something or learn lessons unless you, unless you are able to determine the results and the satisfaction. And he, so he said at the end, he did the survey and he said, nobody has ever outscored me. Meaning Quint <laughs> said, nobody has ever outscored anything that he has done, his personal training, except this individual that, that he brought in for this disc training. And he said he was blown away that this person actually scored their satisfaction for the, the presentation was higher than any of the trainings he had ever done. 
And then he said, she's a great woman. I want to introduce you to her. And then when he mentioned her name, I had to laugh because I said, Quint, I said, she's a member of ours. And I think I actually talked to her before she came and talked to to Quint, to him about presenting this training. So it was funny that he was going to introduce me to somebody that I had actually introduced to his, I think in some way, his organization. But that person was Cheryl Ware. So you had done that presentation for Studer Family of Companies and, and they were amazed. Thank you for that. They were blown away. Yeah, she does. She does some really cool things. You've worked with a number of, of really large companies, Pfizer, Ernest & Young, AT&T, Cisco, a number of, of large corporations. And actually, I was interested in your, in your work with IBM. You were a finance industry sales executive. Yes. And I didn't realize that, you know, of course, when you work with super, super large companies, they've got to make sure that they've got all the tools in place to run their businesses. And you actually helped your clients solve business problems with multi-million dollar solutions to top, sold to top executives. Yes. That's, that's pretty impressive, Cheryl. Yeah. So tell us now, what, are, what, what do you do here in Pensacola? How do you, how do you work with, do you work with individuals now that, that you've left the corporate world? And, and tell us about, about your business and what drives you. Okay, thanks, Colleen. I really appreciate the comments. Absolutely. <laughs> Most appreciated. Um, so I've been working with individuals and teams since I left IBM, and I actually worked with IBM for 30, 13 years. So um, since 92, I've been out on my own as an executive coach. So don't add up the numbers because that'll tell you how old I am. So um, what, what I love to do is really work with individuals and teams who want to take their leadership to the next level. And so you mentioned a couple of things when we were t- um, you were introducing me about the DISC and, uh, and a few other tools that I'll, I'll use and I'll mm-hmm. talk about um, in a little bit. But what I found is when you were talking about work-life balance, I realized that I had twins that were two and an older boy that was four. And I was working with IBM and I said, I went into this program that I didn't know what it was and it was called a coaching business. And I was blown away with the results that I got because what occurred to me was that I was someone who wanted to take myself to the next level, but other people too. And so I started working um, with a few coaches and I found out that, you know, the work-life balance issue was really heavy on my mind. And so at that point in time, after I went through the program, I found out that um, I I talked to these guys and I said, listen, if you want to ever have somebody come and work with you, I'd love to do that. And they called me three weeks after I'd moved to Philadelphia and quit my work with IBM because of work-life balance. And I said, this is what I want to do. I have a passion for this and I love what it did for me, but also what it could do for somebody else. So I started on this journey with Coach University, a three-year basically uh, training for being a coach. And then I found that through the coaching, I was able to really find out and question people, which is really exciting because a lot of people want to talk, talk, talk. Yeah. And uh, they don't really listen. And I was most appreciative of the listening courses that I took. And we don't listen in general. We're listening for what we're going to say next. So we're not really hearing the person. And I find that to be so amazing to teach people that little skill. And as I work with um, major corporations, the biggest one I had was Ernst & Young for 10 years. I I had 26-month programs. And what I found was it was 
like so eye-opening for them that they could actually hear people. And they have all sorts of alterations in the relationships with people in, at home and also people in business. And they're able to hear a different perspective of that person versus the one that's playing out in their head. Mm-hmm. And we find that so often that you're just not listening. And, and so what I, what I really, really love is just taking somebody from the beginning of their leadership journey and through what you mentioned before, the DISC language. Mm-hmm. That's a, it's called D-I-S-C. And it stands for, a D is actually about dominant people. I like to use analogies of birds. And so it's more like an eagle that soars, big picture oriented. Um, the I is somebody who's uh, good at influencing others. And I like to use the bird, the parrot, because they're chatty. They don't listen very well. And they, uh, and they repeat <laughs> I'm la- themselves. I'm laughing because I'm a high I and disc. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to work on you, Colleen. Yeah, That's how there is to it. I, I'm seeing it now. <laughs> and then uh, the S stands for somebody who's more steady. It's the pace of the environment. They're a little slower paced. And the bird I use for that is the dove. They try to, try to stand in the background. Uh, they don't like to take the um, limelight. And if you're going to compliment them, do it in private, not public. Mm. And people who are more like you would prefer everybody to talk about you, right? <laughs> not always now. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so th- that, that's the, um, the D-I-S. And then the C is about people who are more compliant, uh, rule followers. Um, that's not us. Colleen. Right. Okay. No, that, I know I'm definitely not that for sure. But, but we won't talk about the fact that we run yellow lights, okay? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit I'll admit most of that stuff out loud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you use that to have people have a different perspective of individuals. And what I do in the workshops two-day workshop, I have them pretend that they're really in a laboratory and they're able to go see and witness some of the questions that people ask and each other and want to know, you really think that way? And so one of my biggest ahas is that those who, who are more extroverted, like the D and the I, they want to, um, they'll send an e- email to somebody or a text and they expect that person to respond immediately. They don't care that they have the answer yet. They just want them to know that they got the message and they're going to get the information. People that are more introverted, they'll tend to wait because they're going to get the work done. And you should know that they're going to get the work done. Mm-hmm. So you tend to trust them so over funny. time. It is. Mm-hmm. And then with emails, all sorts of things you can see as to how, they, how somebody responds to an email. I had a one client who was a D and he said, oh, I don't need to put anything in the body of the uh, email. I just put the whole thing in the subject and put <laughs> and put EOM end a message. So it's, it's fun to be able to see all of this. The second um, tool that I use is the 360 um, emotional intelligence um, assessment. And that's eye opening to a lot of people who don't think they're seen as a leader. And through this assessment, it, they find out that they're a better leader than they think they are, but they're more introverted. And so therefore, they're less confident in their ability. So I work on folks like that. When you talked about the, um, some of the work-life balance issues, when I'm coaching women, what I find is that they are probably much better than the leaders that they think are, quote, leaders. Mm-hmm. And they have the more that um, emotional intelligence where it's a natural 
Uh, they watch their children grow up. They watch other people. They're more naturally connected that way. And then the um, another tool I use is the um, needs and values program that I developed. And it tells people their top five values and their top five needs. Well, need isn't something that means you're needy. It's something that you need to be fulfilled. And the values are really important so that you can orient yourself around your values. So one of my values is um, catalyst. And I choose the word coach. And another one was mine was leadership. And so I'm a leader who takes people to the next level. That's my mantra. Mm -hmm. So um, then another one I use is the conflict management assessment, which helps you be a, begin to see that maybe you always use one mode of conflict. Hopefully it's not always um, uh, what, what would you call it? Uh, not uh, collaborating because collaborating wastes time. Mm -hmm. And so you want to begin to see what's the plus of the using the um, conflict mode that you use most and one that you don't. And so all these folks that I work with over a period of time really use all of these assessments to better have perspectives that they can see people differently and interact with them is what we're really doing all day long is talking and listening. That's absolutely true. Well, and the, the end result is we're trying to get things done. So we have to interact with individuals on a daily basis. If we know those individuals better and we know ourselves better, then we can get to that end result, I would think, quicker. And probably have a lot more collaboration and a lot more people following them. And that's right. what we're trying to get. Right, exactly. Absolutely. That's awesome. So tell me, um, do you, I know you work with individuals, but do individuals come to you or is it companies that come to you and then you work within the companies with their individuals? It's both. Okay, both. So All right. I was in a, um article in Fortune magazine, uh, and it, it was called, um, if you're a player, take yourself to the next level, or do you have a coach? Mm -hmm. And what was very interesting about that was because I found out that one guy read the article and he called me up and he said to me, I want to hire you. And I said, well, why do you want? Okay. So what do we want to work on? He says, well, I just got laid off of uh, Merrill Lynch and I want to be a player on the street. This is the kind of term that they use in that. Business. Oh, yeah. I was in the financial industry 25 years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so he said he wanted to hire me. And I said, OK. And he says, well, I saw in your in your article that you charge 800 a month. And he paid that. And I had never had anybody pay me that much oh, except for so corporations. So <laughs> you never know what comes your way. Yeah, no kidding. Exactly. So you're very flexible. Somebody comes to you and you can really kind of customize the program that you're going to work with them on. Um, if they come to you as an individual, you can work with just them one-on-one. -on -one, or if somebody comes to you as a corporation, you can then work with employees or selective executives uh, within their their company as well. Definitely. That's and awesome. It's just been fun. I mean, I wake, I wake up every morning pinching myself saying, I can't believe I have so much fun doing, quote, work. Well, and I wish we had a lot more time with you because I would love to hear some of those success stories. But I know we've got to move on. We'll talk some more about some of the actual components of what you actually do. I know it'll come up in the general discussion part. But if somebody was interested in taking advantage of what it is that you do and becoming a, a client of yours, how do you um, ask them to reach out? Well, I have email and I also have a website. So my okay. website is www.cherylweir.com, W-E-I-R. Okay. And so people can get to you on that website. Again, that was www.cherylweir.com. And then you, you're you available 
what was the other me- method that you said it was email and email or Cheryl at Cheryl Okay, perfect. So the email is Cheryl at Cheryl So I would encourage you to, to check her out. Like I said, she um, you couldn't get a bigger advocate than Quint Studer saying that that what you did was phenomenal. And DISC is not something that's brand new and you're not the only person that does DISC. So I'm sure he's looked at that program. He's, you know, probably knew a ton about it before he brought you in. So it's the way that you were able to communicate it with their staff and their employees that that blew them away. And I think that's really cool. And I had six foot birds. Ah, good. (laughs) Stage props are always nice. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Cheryl. For being here. We're going to talk more with Cheryl at the um, at the general discussion area. But the next person I want to introduce is is one of my good friends, Kate Trike. Good Hello, morning, Colleen. Kate. How are good you morning. today? Doing great. How are you? Good, good, good. Kate is a phenomenal photographer. She's creative in all number of areas. Um, but she and I know each other mostly because she's done the photography for Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast for more than a couple, couple years, years now. Yeah. yeah. And so she started out just doing a little bit of headshots and some some fun stuff, doing some of the events that we were at, you know, taking a couple of fun pictures. I think you were at, I don't think it was the magazine launch back way back then. No, it was the next couple issues. Yeah, a couple issues into the magazine. She became our magazine photographer. And I'm excited because we're bringing back the magazine in 2018. And she has done a lot of work already in some of the stuff that we're going to bring out. But she'll be doing some more stuff as well. So I'm excited to have you in there. And then as our conference photographer, if, if Kate says no, then we go to somebody else. But if Kate's available, we will continue to use Kate. She's amazing. And Art of Fashion. I've been hearing your name yeah. all over the streets because you're shooting Art Can't of Fashion for coming Art of Fashion. up. Yep. Yeah, April I got, fifth. I was going to say, I got tickets for it this year. I was Good. so excited. I know I've never been able to do it because I've always had some J-O-B during the day. <laughs> but now that I'm running Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast full time, now, this is your job. It's this to be is there my job. And have an awesome time. Exactly. Yeah, I'm so I love excited. art and fashion. Yeah, I like to. The only events I do are part of my community you know, involvement. And so we do art of fashion and also life's a dance at the Sanger. Coming up in June, we'll be photographing that as well. That's so, right. So much fun. Yeah. And Kate is a very charitable person. The reason that she does that is because she really cares about her community. I love Pensacola. We've lived here six years now, and it's just what a what an amazing place and so full of entrepreneurs. So it's easy to find kindred spirits who are also trying to better the community. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, and, and you know, it's funny because we'll then go to Pam and Pam's going to I know. Crump. Communerosity is one of my favorite <laughs> words of all time. Exactly. And we'll I talk. have actually hashtagged communerosity more than once, <laughs> not even for a pen air thing. Because it was, you know, what a great word. I it's, know. I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just to know a little bit more about Kate, she does she does love to tell stories. And I think that is really important about Kate is she does that through her photography. So she opened a photography studio in 2014, primarily did um, family stories through mm-hmm. custom portraits. Yep. She puts together these really cool books that you can flip through and they just really tell the story of that person. She photographs babies, uh, newborn babies, children's families, and recently pets. I saw. I know. I had the, some dogs in my studio last I week. Knew, oh I my can't word! Wait, you haven't so given out all the pictures yet of the dogs, or you haven't mm. released any of those yet. 
I saw well, a couple. I'm in the middle of print competition season, so I can't okay, release cool. everything. But so yes, those are coming. Some of those dogs. Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm so excited. I, I wanted to answer, but my dog's 14 and she's kind of drools and That's she okay. wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, she we can take be, a drooler. She wouldn't be the prettiest, but um, <laughs> there's <laughs> she no was such ready thing as an it. ugly dog. I know. Period. I would love to have her in your studio. That would be awesome. But she does. She works on on capturing that personality and capturing mm-hmm. the true spirit of somebody through photography. And I think that's really cool because you don't know how you look unless you get your picture taken. And I think what Kate does, Kate's laughing. It is a cheesy line. I use that in, in financial all the time. You don't know how you look unless you get your picture taken. But it, it what you do actually tells the story mm-hmm. of somebody through that picture. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of my campaigns this year is for moms to be in the photos. Because often we're behind the camera and we don't have any photos of us with our kids. And so, you know, if parents in general, but making the time to have great professional photos made that are natural, but posed so that you look good Mm -hmm. is so important so that you end up with something that you really love. And, you know, so, so that when the kids look around the house, they see their family. And I think that's, it's a really huge gift you can give your kids when, you know, they look around and what they're seeing reflected there is not simply a giant television, but it's their family and it's these moments. And, you know, one of my goals, especially with an on-location shoot, is that that becomes a family memory. You know, remember the time we went to Fort Pickens and we were with that crazy lady and she was having us, you know, pose or uh, when we went to the fort and we went on the beach and it was beautiful and we ran and we were laughing and and here are all the photos of that time. And then we went out to dinner after. And, you know, it becomes this moment in the family's life. Uh, it's sweet, you know? So, yeah, That's I love so that. cool. I love that because you're absolutely right. The, the times that I've sit with you mm-hmm. and we've done a lot of work, I, I have through Kate because of the, the magazine. And even though I haven't been in the shots, a lot of times I'm right there, you know, while the excitement's going on. And, and it is, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And when you put people in that kind of space, the photography actually probably does its most of its work it, itself. Exactly. You know, I think that people come back and they say, wow, you know, I, I never look this good. And I just think, in fact, I was just talking with my mom this morning. She and I have the same smile. And when you smile at someone, they smile back at you. And I think part of it is that they know I love them and I care about them. And so when I smile at them, they smile back. I click the shutter and we have good photos. <laughs> so you're, just, you're capturing that true essence exactly. of people in their natural element exactly. instead of posing them for shots. And then doing a whole bunch of airbrushing and right, stuff right, like that. Right. Yep. I think that's super cool. I can't wait to see. And now you actually have a full studio. Yes. Yeah. That I had exciting. a studio down on, on Seville Square for the, for like a year or so. And it was just a little too cramped. So now we've opened a new studio up on Nine Mile, a lot more square footage. Um, I actually have a dancer coming in this afternoon and I'll be able, I can photograph her just moving because there's I didn't even space. mention that part. That's a huge piece of what you do is well, dance you know, it's, a, it's one of my pet things. She's amazing. I know. I know. I love, you know, using your art to capture somebody else's art, especially when it's a performance thing, but making a still image so fun. So yeah, I love it when they, when dancers come into my studio. That's super cool. Super cool. And what I love about Kate too, is Kate's got a great artistic, that creative you. side. You've got that great camaraderie. You do, you know, you hug on people and make them, you mm-hmm. know, feel very welcome during the shoot, but you've also got a business mind as well. 
And what's interesting is what you're what you're getting into this year, which is subscription based yes. photography. And I think that's super cool because Powerful Women is a membership driven mm-hmm. organization. So membership is a key for us. Mm-hmm. A lot of our members pay on a monthly basis. Right. It's subscription based. Yeah. And I think that's that's super important. So I've never heard of subscription based photography. Yes. Tell so me, this is, what is that? Well, okay, so it's new. It's something that I just am launching right now. And I don't know about you, but if I have a massive to-do list and that's what I have and not my calendar, those things are never going to happen. But if I sit down at the beginning of the week with calendar in hand and I brainstorm my week and put those things on the calendar, even if it's just think about this thing, it's going to happen. And so one of the things I'm trying to do this year is to help families to be intentional about getting the photos done. And I want to start small. And so what I've launched is, a, is what I'm calling the calendar club. And it has two meanings. One is you come in five, 10 minutes once a month with your kid, grandkids, the cousins, your dog, whatever. Um, and babies. Ba- oh, well, babies, although that's a little bit different. But yeah, the oh, okay. siblings could come in. Siblings. And then we will do a simple photo shoot every month. And at the end of the year, you have 12 months of professional photography that did not take that much effort to get done. And we could put together a calendar or a monthly planner or something else that you can then enjoy the next year. Yeah. But the other part is it's that's on cool. the calendar. It is photography that's on the calendar. So you're part of my calendar club. You don't have to think, oh my word, it's April. And I have not taken one photo of my child. You've already got a few months of photos of them. And so what I'm trying to do is, you know, to just get those times on the calendar so that then you have a great record of your family. And when it comes to the end, we can do a holiday card photo or we can do a family photo shoot in the fall, get the whole family involved. But, you know, you can get your children throughout the year. So I'm very excited. But yeah, subscription based, you know, because we don't once we get a subscription going, it just comes and it's on the calendar and it happens. Yeah. And it goes into that second nature. You don't have to think about it quite as much. Yeah. It was like, remember when you paid your bills by sitting down at the yes. at the table and writing checks? And it's now like I have like whole life. auto auto pay. And I, right. you know, I still get mad because you get the bill like right. this month, Gulf Power. Ooh, Ooh. Our bill was bad um, for January, but you know, it's auto pay. So mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, okay, you know, done. I don't, I don't have to do anything to make it happen. Well, and it's essentially a way to budget for professional photography. So I've got three tiers of programs. People can go to ccpackages.com to look at the packages, calendar club packages. And, you know, that way it'll, it's, I think, affordable for a lot of different folks. And I've even toyed with the idea of starting a headshot subscription program. So I'm toying with the idea. Well, and that wouldn't, that might not work with actually giving them the calendar at the end. No, no. I, there's a few people a I know that might want a monthly where you, you know, where you pay just a little a month and come in maybe twice a year for new headshots. Well, it's huge because, you know, it's funny because Pam, who's our next guest, she sent me your headshot and it's your new your new hairstyle. Actually, it's an eight year old photo. Is it really? It <laughs> yeah. looks like you the know. hair was from I don't age. You, look, you really don't, Pam. It's kind wow. of amazing. I would have never known. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's super cool. 
But Pam's an example of it. Mm -hmm. Pam had super short hair, yeah. and over the last year, she's been growing it out. So yeah. if you've been, you, you use yeah. your headshot everywhere. I was like, I don't have a shot. I have a fabulous headshot that Kate actually took of me. Yeah. I know. Phenomenal. You got to do some more. And got some major, major action on social media yes. every time mm -hmm. I use it. And I love mm -hmm. that picture, but my hair's grown. And so I, yeah. it's, it's so funny that we're even talking about this because I had already said, oh, I need to reach out to Kate. Get some new headshots. You See? know what I love about Kate? Kate is so passionate about what she does. And and her purpose is to capture memories. And she tells the story through her photography. I and, know. you know, Thanks, it's ladies. so hard to find someone who has that niche and that eye. And, you know, as moms, we get busy and mm -hmm. we don't like the way we look in the mirror and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But your kids love you and they see you and they want to take your pic. They want pictures of you. And yes. We don't do ourselves a good enough service mm -hmm. to capture those memories for our families. Mm -hmm. It's true. Women, I would think women are probably the worst. Like my we dog, are. my dog yeah. is not going to have a problem if I march him her over to your studio once a month. No. But me, kicking and screaming. Well, and I, you, this is radio, so y'all can't see me right now. But if you know me, you know, I'm not the tiniest perfect figure, but I know how to pose myself. Yeah. I know how to pose myself well, and I can pose anybody, you, you know, and you can, I literally. made sure this Christmas, actually, that I got my own little family in the studio, set up my tripod, I posed us all, and then I had actually my dad click the shutter so that I would be in the photos too. And mm -hmm. you know what? That, I loved our photos. And you know, am I always 100% content with what I look like? Of course not. But do I want photos of me with my children? Yeah. And that's enough to get me in front of the camera and not just behind it. Yeah. Well, and it's like anything else. If you only do it once a year, then you make a huge deal out of it. Right. But if you're doing it once a month, you're like, yeah, okay, I look okay. I'm going to go ahead and go down there. And it, and really, we, I think we are harder on ourselves than, than we could be. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of room for, for us being okay with who we are, you know, oh, on the definitely. everyday. That's who we are. That's how yeah. our loved ones remember us. And exactly. You know, they don't remember. There are a few times that I take a headshot and then my husband looks at me and goes, wow, I don't remember that day. And I'm like, yeah, that's not my normal, you know, every day. But um, so you're you're helping everybody just be more comfortable with that whole pro pro um, process. I think it's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it's one of the goals for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think that we all want to leave a legacy. And I'll tell you, I feel very connected to my great grandparents. And the reason is I have a whole bunch of photos of my great grandfather as a chef, you know, coming over to the new world in New York City with his staff. I feel connected to him because of that. And I want to I want to pass down memories like that as well. I you think know? that's phenomenal. So tell us if somebody's moved to reach out to you yeah. and get ready for, because you said it earlier, graduation's coming and, and yes. Easter's coming it is and not Mother's too Day's late coming. To get graduation la, photos. La, 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 yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You can reach out to me at katetrikephotography.com. It's Kate. And then last name is T-R-E-I-C-K photography.com. Or you can find me on Facebook. I am the only Kate Trike on Facebook. So it's really easy to find me. Because T-R-E-I-C-K, that is just not a I was going to say, I don't think I've ever met anybody that doesn't no. have another. There's like three more. Colleen Chesley spelled exactly like mine is, which yep. is weird. I am the only wow. one. So, hey, go find me. Uh, that's and, yeah. awesome. Very cool. Awesome. You you. Yes. You. Thank true. you. Thank you so much, Kate. You Thanks do phenomenal so work. And I'm excited to talk to you, too, about what we're going to talk about mm -hmm. in the Women in Leadership section. Definitely. So thank you for being here. All right. Pam Hatt. I love Pam. You're amazing. You <laughs> She's are. Seriously amazing. You, you are. You. She Pam was first introduced to me when we when we when I interviewed you for the magazine. I mm -hmm. think 
yeah. I think was maybe the first time. I mean, we knew each other a little bit, but yeah. that's when I really got to know you. And you have an amazing story from where you started, Navy career, moving all over the place, working at, at banks because every Every town's got a bank. Right. So that's an easy. That was my logic anyways. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I think it's great. Transferred. <laughs> no, I think that's better. My mom's was always, my dad was military and my, my mom was always a school teacher. Mm-hmm. There's always a yeah. school somewhere. So I think you took the more business path, which yeah. is, I wish my mom would have done, done it that way. But you fell in love with Penn Air Federal Credit Union. And we already talked about some of the communerosity, which is a big reason that you're there. Pam is the director of of marketing for Penn Air Federal Credit Union. She has more than 28 years of experience in the financial industry, more than 21 years in actually marketing and communications. Mm -hmm. You actually worked for like a big company, Nike, right? Mm -hmm. I remember remember that. That's, That's pretty cool to do marketing for a huge company. Did you come up with the, the, the swoosh? No, when I was oh, there, they darn. decided to take away um, Nike and the swoosh and just went with the swoosh. You know, oh, that you know, probably people, was some serious meetings. Go, people want to change. So yeah, <laughs> I seem to be in the thick of it. You're bringing, bringing change about. I think that's awesome. But, but as the marketing, as a director of marketing, this Penn Air Federal Credit Union is a mid-sized credit union, assets of 1.4 billion, mm-hmm. you know, not a small bank at all, 19 branch locations. Yeah. And so Pam's the one that has to make sure all of the branding is coordinated. Yeah, we do. And in-house. yeah, and that, I mean, that's a big, big job. Oh, you're stressing me out. <laughs> no, it's, I think it's super cool. I don't want to have to think about it. Just do it. I think it's oh, cool. Oh, wait, I want, I got that from Nike. <laughs> See? It all See? It does. It all. So tell me why you're passionate. What do you love about, about your job? And tell us about Pen Air and, and why you love that company. Um, it, it was just under uh, six years ago that I was approached to consider going over to the dark side of the credit union <laughs> world versus the banking world. And, um, you know, I never thought about it because being a military wife, you just kind of moved around and got a job. And, and then three years later, you'd move again. And it was the first time we'd been here for about 16 years. And it never occurred to me to leave because we weren't prompted by moving. And it was the first time I thought, wow, what is it that I really want to do? Right. And so when this position uh, came up and available, it really kind of um, caught me off guard because I wasn't unhappy. I was I loved where I worked and I loved the people I worked with. But I thought for the first time, what is it that I want to do? And so it just seemed like the right fit. And I did everything opposite of what they tell you to negotiate. I took a cut in pay. I took a reduction in title. I did all this stuff for the chance to learn and grow and really get my hands involved. Social media was just kind of really becoming a big thing. And it was so fascinating to me. And I wanted to learn the backside. And then be involved. I had just finished Leadership Pensacola, class 2011, best class ever. Best class ever, ever right? <laughs> uh, 2012, sorry, the USO project. And, you know, just being back involved, hands-on. My husband had already retired from the military, so we weren't really involved in the military. And to work for a company that was military-focused, but very community-focused. And so... Um, I thought, you know, why not? I just felt like this door was being opened for me. So I so I took that leap of faith. But I I cannot express enough to the point of having your your core values as an individual align with your company's core values. 
you know, a lot of people, a lot of small business owners, that's not a problem. But if you are comfortable in the corporate world, it's really hard to be like-minded with the same values and the same culture as your company. And for me, that was a game changer. Um, and, and to really sit, to really be localized and to give back to your community. And I got bit by the bug big time through Leadership Pensacola. And, and I have just been such an advocate for our community and really taking that aligning concept in my personal life and my professional life and turning that into my community commitment too and finding organizations that are like-minded that we can partner with. Because if we take all our skills and our abilities and put them together and pour back into our community to make sure that it's financially fit, that it's emotionally fit, that it's um, physically fit, we all benefit from that. And so being that collaborative leader, being that collaborative, um, bringing key people together, people that don't necessarily see things similarly, but actively look for people that don't think or see things the way you do, you get together and you get in a room and you collaborate and you come up with a phenomenal final product. So I, you know, I kind of like friction and I kind of like people not, you know, necessarily being yes, man and having those healthy collaborative, you know, kind of conversations. And what I like about what Penair does is that we really walk the talk and we are really about enhancing lives. You know, we've been around, we're one of the, you know, the credit union world, there's about 6,000 credit unions. We're in the top 200 in the country. And, um, but we're the largest local credit union. But the great thing about the credit union world is we're very collaborative. I mean, we get along and we share ideas and we, we collaborate together for the greater good because the overall credit union mission is about people helping people. And we are, you know, our mission at Penair is to enhance lives, to enhance the lives of our staff, to enhance the lives of our members and to enhance the lives of our community. And so we do that by giving back. And that's where community comes in. When you take very community-minded organization that's extremely generous with their time and with their talent and with their treasure, and you put those words together and you have community And so that's what we're really about. And so the smaller credit unions, we work with them. We work with the larger credit unions in our market. And it's all for the greater good of our area and the three-county area that we're in. So. I think that's amazing. And I had a little bit of, of experience with kind of knowing where you come from, because when I was in the financial industry, I always worked in and I never I did some banking. Wachovia was one yeah, of them. And that was first union got bought out by Wachovia. And then Wachovia got bought out by or partnered with Wells. I can't remember how it all happened. Yeah. But it was interesting because it taught me that the corporate side of banking. Mm-hmm. And then when I left there, I always said I would not work for a a corporation. I would work for a mutual Mm -hmm. financial company. So I ended up working for several mutual life insurance companies through the the time I was in the financial industry. And there's a difference when you are employed and when you're a customer of something that's mutual versus corporate. Yeah. And that's what I look at, you know, Penn Air, Federal Credit Union, Mm -hmm. that is a a different mindset than the traditional banking mindset. Yeah. You know, we've 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 really, you know, we've had our rebrand and it's, uh, it's almost been three years and, and we've really, each year we take a different segment of what we do and really evaluate why we do. We start with why and why are we doing what we do? We take a look at it and then we get very 
tactical, but very strategic about what we're doing. So, um, you know, you know, um, we took a huge leap of faith in, um, we were currently an existing partner with UWF through financial education because that is a, a strategic initiative of ours. Absolutely. And with and thank you for doing that. That's huge. You're, you're welcome. And, and Pensacola State College and Achieve Escambia. And we partner with the Blue Wahoos for early brain development. And the Ice Flyers, they go out and they read. And so we do, everything is very intentional. And, and when you really dig into it, you know, it, we, we contribute heavily to education. Um, last year alone, we poured half a million dollars back into our community, giving back for organizations and initiatives. But That's when huge. we decided to partner with, we took a leap of faith on the football team. Mm -hmm. Boy, oh. did that not pay off. Yeah, yeah no that kidding. Was we that were, was we that were, was a big check. That was that. That's a ten-year commitment, yeah. and um, that came out of advertising, and that was my decision. And uh, mm -hmm. you know, it was a different form of advertising, but it was important to align ourselves because they need uh those students need a campus life and that 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 is so important for our community and mm -hmm. it is so important for for those students to enhance their lives and that college needs that football team um we just went to signing night and it was those boys that they brought in are <laughs> huge <laughs> we are not going to be so, the smallest team on the field again are no. we <laughs> tell you that coaching staff and that uh, administration it's they are all about more than winning football games they're growing future leaders of our community and why wouldn't you want to support that so see that's huge yeah and so um you know it's still about education we do financial book camps and all these great things and we do the, uh, a lot of activities with Pensacola State College also mm -hmm. and y'all are everywhere y'all yeah. are everywhere yes. i mean i see your logo and you participating in so many things that are bettering this community yeah i think it's phenomenal yeah i really you. do thank you for thank you for all of we that we have an amazing group of employees i cannot stress that enough and that are very like minded and very um they love giving back to this community. Uh, we allow our employees five hours a month. We pay them to go do what they're passionate about. I know. And powerful women of the Gulf Coast. I want to get on that list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And somebody told me that recently. They were like, did you know if you work for Penn Air, you can actually, they'll pay you to go to something like a powerful women of the Gulf Coast educational event. Yeah. I was like, that is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah we, I think that's phenomenal. You know, it's part of our onboarding. It's part of our hiring process. It's part of our review process. It's, it's in our DNA. And so, um, it's a lifestyle and, um, it's, it's really been exciting to see us grow as a credit union. And, and, and we, you know, a lot of that money we gave back is, is still, you know, military focused, but we are available for the community and, and the betterment of the community. So. Awesome. And you're here as a community partner with us, not as somebody promoting their business naturally. Yeah. So I'm not going to give out your personal cell phone number and your email address. Yeah. But if somebody wants to take part in becoming a customer or becoming a, an employee, becoming an advocate, yeah. uh, where do you steer people to get more information about Penair? So penair.org, P-E-N-A-I-R dot O-R-G. And if you're looking for a career, it's penair.org forward slash careers. And uh, if you want to know about sponsorships, you can go to penair.org forward slash sponsorships. We have a very uh, clearly outlined um, program. And uh, you can go to our events page on our website and 
or you can follow us. We're very active on social media. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. And um, we love bragging about um, our employees and our partners. And so you could always search the hashtag Panera is everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And liter- literally, I think it means Pam Hat is everywhere. No, because no, no. I, even during the show, mysteriously, somehow your social media department posted about our show. <laughs> I don't know how that actually happens. (laughs) That is awesome. Thank you so much, Pam, for everything that you do, for everything you've done for Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast, for everything you've done for our community, for everything you've done for 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 this this world. I think if we each help somebody else, then we're building stronger communities, stronger communities build stronger. Well, you know, it's the whole adage of like minded people working together and we're working so hard trying to get things happen. But it's like the Clydesdales, you know, you can. One could pull this amount of weight and this amount of weight. So you put them together and you think, oh, it could at least double. And no, it's actually two and it's three and fourfold. Yeah, no kidding. Synergy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Awesome. All right. Well, we've got some smart women around the room today. I want to talk. We're going to get into the section of general general discussion. So if you're just tuning in, you have heard from Pam uh, Pam Hatt, the Director of Marketing for Penn Air Federal Credit Union. You've also heard from Kate Trike, star photographer extraordinaire. And you've also heard from Cheryl Weir from Cheryl Weir and Associates. And so now we're going to open up the general discussion and we're going to talk about, let's talk about education because obviously the three of the four of us women around here today have put a lot into our education. So this kind of goes into a piece of, I think what every one of you have already talked about a little bit today, and that is the the ability to, to get yourself in a better in a better place. So to educate yourself. Cheryl, you talk to a lot of people about leadership through your training. When it comes to books, I'm going to go around and see what everybody's reading. But is that something, do you recommend books to, to, your, um, to the people that come through your program? Absolutely. What, uh, books, what books are mostly on your, on your recommended list? Well, my favorite one is Working with Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goldman. It's one of these, I'll call it a primer on each of the different competencies one must have to be a leader or a star in the organization. So that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. And you can just read a chapter at a time. But the other thing about that book is it gives you little venues about a story. And one of them was about IBM and being a catalyst So um, and creating the PC. So that's one. And another one that I think is very, very interesting is Lincoln on Leadership. And I, I'm blanking mm. on the, the uh, author, but I just saw that somewhere recently. Yeah. And, and one of the things that was neat about it is that people think of him as a quiet person or a quiet leader. And he would write letters and put them in his um, drawer and read them over next to make sure that he's, it's what he really wanted to say or he wasn't in some form of uh, aggravation or mm. um Whatever Emotion, else was in yeah. his mind, mm-hmm. yeah. So while we thought he was quiet, he was calculated. Yes. And he was very strategic in what he was going to say. Absolutely. That's really cool. And I found out about it because this one man said, I said, do you have a book that you would recommend? He goes, oh, I've read like 300 books on Lincoln. I said, well, <laughs> which, wow. wow. I said, which one would you recommend? And this is the one he, he told me about. So, Oh, my. That's really cool. It was. And actually, Pam and I just got together a month or so ago, and yeah. we were talking about tools and training, and, and you recommended a book on emotional intelligence yeah. called Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Yeah, with, by Travis Bradbury. Um, yeah. I had my team read it. You know, one of the things, it's so funny, we're talking about books and you know, my, I, you know, I'm not a small person. I'm six foot tall and I have like a, a, a 
large presence. And so um, I always envy people that can enter and exit a room without being noticed because that's never been my <laughs> style. <laughs> but, uh, you know, one of the things that I always you know, would kind of whine about in my career path was, you know, I need a mentor and, you know, people are either intimidated or, you know, whatever the case might be. And um, it just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 54, going to be 55 years old. And, you know, it dawned on me like two years ago. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. But I was like, you know, if I really want to understand leadership and coaching, there's not some magic class you go to. It's experiences in yeah. life, but you have to read. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah. I have not been an avid reader in my 30s and 40s. And so I thought, you know what, I've just got to start reading. And then I made it part of our individual development plans of my team because yeah. I've never been trained to be a manager or a leader. Yeah. I'm naturally a coach, but but that's the sports side of me and, you know, mm -hmm. from my college basketball days. And that's and different. Yeah. Right? And there's it's totally different. So yeah. it's frustrating, you know, being emotionally aware. So I, I think that's been a great, a great catalyst for our team. And then we're, you know, reading things that are um, industry specific and, you know, marketing. So start with why, what great brands do, mm -hmm. failing forward, mm -hmm. um, critical conversations, just all these different these different things and I'm just trying to like glean because I know my, me and my personality and what I'm comfortable from a leadership style I get coached I have an amazing boss and I get coached I've asked to be coached at a very deep level and sometimes it's hard to hear and it's painful mm -hmm. but it's um, always hard to hear but um but you know I've I've learned from it and so um you know taking all of these things and kind of you know creating you know what I'm comfortable with and it's it's just a it's a it takes a lot of calories <laughs> yeah yeah we, we can afford yeah. those yeah. yeah yeah keeping my mouth shut takes a lot of calories well so. and you know when you read business books it's different because yeah. when I read a novel I don't write in it and right. I don't highlight and yeah. you know I don't I, it doesn't send me on to you know another thing I've got to mm -hmm. do but when I read a business book I have to be careful because yeah. I get inspired which which allows me to then take on new things that weren't even on my radar mm -hmm. and then when I yeah. read this book I was like oh my gosh now I clearly understand this so yeah. it it causes action for me so yeah. I've got to be careful I read multiple books at the same time but I've got to be careful not to read too many yeah. because I can I can read myself into a whole bunch of more work yeah um, because I do, I, I take them serious and I write in them yeah, and I write little I notes and I highlight them. And, and we actually do a program through powerful women of the Gulf coast called pay it forward leadership book program. Mm -hmm. We recently were at EntreCon and we gave out, um, 81 books at EntreCon. And so what we do is we go around and we collect books. As a matter of fact, yesterday I was at the thrift store for teen challenge and I bought a stack of, I don't know, 10 or 12 books, but they're always leadership books, which can be a lot of stuff. Um, and several of the, the mm. titles you read off, Pam, were, were some that we were able to pick up recently. Yeah. And so we just get them, they're used, and then we hand them out to other people. And Entrecom was one that we went to, and that happened to be men and women, but a lot of times it's just women. So you can get them at our monthly meetings or you can get them at the conference, Yeah, different things resource. like that. Well, yeah. and I think it's huge. And, you know, I was the same way as you. I mean, I read a lot, but I read fun stuff and yeah. I read to to... to quiet escape, my mind yeah, yeah. right or escape whereas now I read to be inspired and to and to learn and to be better in a number of different areas yeah. you have to be careful like you said like literally I'm not even joking I have a stack that's probably 18 inches high on yeah the bedside of books that I need to read and I'm just mm -hmm. like I look at it I'm like, 
one more thing. I know. Well, and it, and just like I said, just the reading it is part of it, but then what you do with the information that you gain Mm -hmm. is then more things to do as well. How about you, Kate? What are you reading? Well, or do you read trashy romance novels? You know, I don't. I actually just read a (laughs) bunch of stuff, but, um, I read a bunch of biographies. It's really Ooh, interesting. Yeah. But anyway, but the the business book I've met, read most recently is called The Spark and the Grind by Eric Wall. It's a very interesting book on creativity. Mm. And one of the, the main premise is that with creativity, a lot of us see it as the spark and we get these great ideas, but it's the grind of creativity that leads to change and is Mm. where the rubber meets the road. It can be where the collaboration happens. And he looks at it through the lens of different kinds of people and the way that some of us are sparkers. Some of us are, um, what does he call it? Igniters where they Mm. start a spark, but they don't really keep it going, but maybe Mm. somebody else does. But anyway, I, I have, you know, I've been thinking about that because I can have great ideas But then you have to sit down with your planner and figure out how you're going to put those great ideas into action. Mm -hmm. And I found one really good place for that is in educating others. You know, I had my first intern from PSC last semester, Um, somebody who came and worked with me from their department of photography. And I had talked with the head there. They have a phenomenal department of photography over at PSC and a great gallery. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, But anyway, I was talking with their director and, you know, in that program, they have so many requirements that getting to the business side of photography, you know, it's, it's just hard to get there. And so my interns, that's our focus. And I'm actually going to be lecturing there a couple of times this semester on the business side of things. Oh, nice. Because. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Hashtag community. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised that they don't offer like one class on business. Well, they can't, you know, you know what I mean? I mean, I would. Yeah. The majority of that, their schooling is going to be on the art of it. Exactly. Because I mean, photography is art and technical and it takes a lot of, you know, but then there's the business side. Once you've graduated, now what? Yeah. And and so anyway, being able to take in other people, but I can give them my reading list. You know, maybe I don't have time to implement everything in the book I just read. So I'll be like, here, <laughs> you think about how you. Yeah, this. exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think that's awesome. I think that's really cool. I love that, that you do that with with other people and help inspire them. Well, I mean, both of these ladies are amazing. I can tell at, you know, I, I know through personal experience and from everything I've heard about you. Cheryl, you know, just being able to invest in others and pass on the experience that you have, you know, the mistakes mm-hmm. being more, oh, I, you know, yeah. yes, success stories, but please tell me some failure stories so I can learn like 20 times more. Yeah. Hey, I always yeah. say learn from your mistakes, but learn from the mistakes of others. And, and yeah. We wrote, I wrote about that in the article I did yeah. on you, Pam, about how that that was the biggest thing. And I thought that was super cool that you talked about that, that you've learned a lot from your own mistakes, but you learned a lot from other people's yeah. mistakes. Yeah. And then be transparent and, mm-hmm. and own it with, especially with your team, like mm-hmm. admit your failures. And I had a situation recently where, where my team said, you know, I think we should say something this way. And I was like, no, I really think you should do this. And, and, you know, I was kind of being bullheaded about it and it, it didn't get communicated to the person that was actually speaking, you know, we were doing PR and talking points and stuff. And I attended the event and the person read their, their script and not what I wanted. And it was the right thing. And I Mm -hmm. came back and I said, you guys were right. I was totally wrong. Mm -hmm. I was totally wrong. And they were like, thank you. 
It's good to have a culture, though, where they feel like they can do that. Yeah. And that's really important where yeah. it's not just your way or the highway, where it's everybody coming together and having the confidence to know that they can try something. Well, I, you know, I think that every failure is an opportunity to learn yes. and that that is where the success is. And so we celebrate it. And, you mm-hmm. know, that's great. Um, it's hard. Yeah especially if you're not a trusting person, but when you can get that least likely person to, to, to admit that they've done something wrong, you know, did you learn from it? Yeah. All right. Congratulations. All right. Mm-hmm. Get back to work. Let's mm-hmm. go. Let's get it done. Yeah. We do that. I mean, I don't have kids, but people talk about that all the time with our kids, yeah. you know, that you, that you allow them to make mistakes and it hurts while they're going through it, but it ends up helping them later on in the future. Um, I'm glad you talked about mistakes because I just finished reading. Well, over the Christmas break, I read a book called Permission to Screw Up. <laughs> Have y'all seen that one? No. no. Y'all need to all, down. y'all seriously need to get it. And I'm going to plug her on social media and she'll love it that I did this. But her name is Kristen Hadid and it's H-A-D-E-E-D. And she wrote a book with Simon Sinek. I'm so jealous. Um, oh, wow. Yes. But if you, um, and I'm shocked nobody in this room remembers, but About three years ago, Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast um, built a relationship with Kristen. And it was because I was working at Northwestern Mutual and Kristen happened to be doing some coaching with some of the Northwestern Mutual um, reps. And she just has an amazing story. She started a company called Student Made. And Student Made existed here in Pensacola. It was one of their... yeah. I remember remember that. that. Yeah. Yeah. And she was the original founder. She lives in Gainesville. That's where she went to college. And and the whole premise of Student Made was they only hired students yeah, that were in college. Yeah. yeah. And you only had like you had to maintain a certain GPA. So these were good students, not, you know, yeah. funking out students, but good students. And she helped instill leadership traits in them through the company culture. And her book is amazing because she has built this huge enterprise with Student Made. Pensacola didn't work out and they ended up selling the accounts they had here to another person. If you're still interested, um, Spotless Logistics, I'll plug them. They purchased the existing book from um, Student Made for this area. And they also, the reason Kristen was was happy with them is because they also try to empower uh, people. They don't have the same philosophy of hiring students, but they do a lot to make sure that the people that they hire are are ethical and are trustworthy. These are people going into houses and, you know, those yeah. kind of things. So they put they put a little different spin on it, very similar to what Kristen's was. But her book, I thought was amazing, Permission to Screw Up. She talked about all the things she did wrong. <laughs> and it's hilarious because I read it and I'm like, oh yeah, I totally see me doing, you know, walking down that same path. But then she brings it back to what lessons she learned from it. Yeah. And well, I think that's, that's cool. really cool. Yeah. And the foreword was done by Simon Sinek and she was in a study group with Simon Sinek. So um, he helped inspire a lot of that. I, I've mentioned that multiple times because I know, Pam, you're a big fan of, yeah. of Simon Sinek. Yeah. So, yeah. So pick that one up. It's an easy read. It's a very more of a storytelling than it is, oh, yeah. you know, a deep, a nice you know, gift. yeah, leadership book. Yeah, it's a great gift. Yeah. But it's it's cool how she's got the just the willingness to say, here's where I really messed up. And she did some bad things like she's blue, like their very first loan they ever got. Um, ten thousand dollars and and blew like a thousand dollars on a sushi party to like celebrate that they just got their first loan, <laughs> and she was like, "Oh yeah, that didn't work out so good." <laughs> and the other, as a marketing story, just to give you a little um, spoiler alert on this, um, she spent the other nine thousand dollars on marketing materials, koozies, you know, pens, items. promotional oh. items, all sorts of stuff, thinking because they were going after this one big account. 
And if they got that one big account, then they would have money to do all the other things. So they might as well put everything into getting this one big account. Well, they ended up getting a portion of the one big account, but they also got sued because they didn't know about copyright infringement. And the name that they had just taken and branded on all this promotional stuff violated somebody's copyright and they had to trash all of it. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Very painful. But her original, she talks about in the book, the original company was um, Student Made Brigade. And Made Brigade was copyrighted. And so she ended up dropping Brigade. So it ended up just being Student Made. But yeah, all this branded stuff was you know, thrown in the trash. So oh my goodness. I know good Ouch. marketing. Ouch. Yeah. Good marketing story, at least. Well, you know, I, one of the books I read recently is called Go for No. Actually, probably read it a year oh, ago. Yeah. Another great book because it changed my idea of failure, yeah. you know, where it's not a different destination than success, but it's like on the road, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just a necessary one part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's but part one of the of journey. The things I took away was learn to fail quickly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Get it over with. We're yeah. Going. When I was in when I was in financial, we did a lot of that because we always go we always went for the no. It was like how many no's can you get before you can go home that day? And I literally had to carry a note card with me that I sectioned off that had 30 spots. And when I had to when I asked somebody, I would ask them, Hey, do you want some life insurance? No, I don't even know life insurance. Great. Can you initial this one spot? Wow. You know, and oh, I had yeah. to do that. And, yeah. and and obviously that's not how I approach people and ask them. But closer I got to five o'clock. Yeah, I was, you know, calling people up going, I want to sell you life insurance. <laughs> no, I don't want that. Great. <laughs> you know, writing down that list instead of, oh, I want to call you and set up an appointment and maybe we can sit down and let me tell you some things that we do. And we just help people be better financially. My sales script got really tight and succinct the closer I got to the end of the day. So that was interesting, but that was a lot of the going, going for no, uh, scenario. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, It it takes like 10 no's to get a yes. It always does. It always does. And you know, the funniest thing is we'd get to the end of the day and I'd have to have my 30 and I'd have like 28 and everybody I'd call was like, yeah, I'd actually like to talk about that. And I'm like, Ooh. and it, the close, like I would, it was harder to get those no's because I was going for the no's. Well, what you, what's Which your is good. intent is sometimes it comes back to bite you. It really does. Yeah. It really does. My husband listens to Audible. So that's how he's able to absorb leadership books. Are you guys using technology? I know, Kate, you tr- you actually turned me on to Evernote. Ugh, and that's because, Evernote. yeah, that is like one of my best friends ever. Mm-hmm. What other technology are you fascinated with right now? I don't know if I have new things that I'm using. I mean, Evernote is great. And I just, you know, let me give you one tip. If you haven't used it for this, you know, when you go into Evernote, if you take a photo of a business card, it will automatically add all of that information to your contact list and connect you on LinkedIn and Mm -hmm. email your information over to that person. Paper is my nemesis. And so, you know, if I'm at an event and collecting business cards, I will just take a moment and take photos of those, you know, to do that. But um, you know, I agree. Audible, actually, I listened to Go For No on a plane ride. Did you? Uh-huh. And, you know, I was sketching out some other ideas while I was listening to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I'm not a great auditory learner, but if I can take notes while I'm listening, it, that is good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. There used to be an app or a website. I can't remember what it was. And they would literally do a cliff notes of like what was going on in the news. And you could listen to that and it was maybe like a two minute, but it caught you up. 
Yeah. yeah. Daily yeah. Skim does it. Yep. But this one was on books. Oh. And I can't oh, remember, cool. yeah, if anybody knows what that one was, but I am searching for that one again. What yeah. kind of technology, what are you doing, Pam, that's exciting you, know, we, you? We deal with technology every day. And in our industry, it changes like yeah. overnight. Yeah, it's totally. ridiculous. I mean, you know, I kind of share with you guys coming in here, we have issues with their website and nothing that the member or the client would know. It's just mm-hmm. back, back stuff and just trying to wrap my mind around, you know, you got to you got a storyteller mind who has a, an analytical side, but really loves to live in the creative side. So, you know, my brain, my head's about to explode. <laughs> so I find myself personally lately, like backing off of technology. Mm-hmm. I just, um, I'm missing out on life. I think a lot of times because my head's buried in my phone. That can easily happen. Yeah. How do you back off? Do you have times a day that you just turn it off or? Pretty much when I get home. I, you know, I used to be in this big habit of like watching TV, but staying on my iPad. And I just, I get it. And I put it in the charger and yeah. I don't look into it in the morning. I, I, first thing in the morning, bright and early, I am on scoping, you know, making sure there's nothing bad mm-hmm. that I have no fires I got to put out, mm-hmm. which never, I mean, I don't know why I do it. It's hardly ever happens, but, um, just kind of going through LinkedIn and reading some articles and just kind of gleaning some quick knowledge and getting my mind right for the day. But yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because it's always, you know, there's so many apps that have come out and so many different ways to do things that it's like, there's that big rush of everybody wanting to do it. And then you get to that point where you're just like, wow, there it's just too much, mm-hmm. well, you, know, you know, and you have to, sometimes you have to back off and, yeah. you know, take, you know, I've seen people take breaks off of Facebook, you know, right. for a week yeah. or two weeks or stuff like that. I think my you daughter, did that my at one point, Kate, daughter, I remember. She's off. Is she's she? She's totally gotten off. I'm like, yeah. she writes checks too. She's not your Well, Facebook, <laughs> Facebook is not cool anymore. I don't know if you know well, that, Pam. No. But. Most of my clients under 30 don't have Facebook. They have Instagram. And, yeah. you know, but I, did, you know, over the last couple of months, I have not been using as much for a couple of different reasons. And I think what I realized is that not, not much has happened. Yeah. Yep. You know, you, haven't you, met, you, you, you stay haven't away missed. from it for yeah. a while. And then you're like, and I think that is helpful every so often. I'm actually reading another book called You Are What You Love. Mm. It is, and it's a really good book. It's, it's a lot on how we are shaped by the things that we do on a daily basis. And, you know, and I think that it, when we are plugged in all the time and there's constant stuff going on, then, um, you know, that can be a challenge. So you got to think, give, you know, being intentional in general. Absolutely. How about you, Cheryl? Are you a technology guru? Do you have some cool tips you could share with us? Well, having worked for IBM for 13 years, um, I came into the email era and kicking and screaming. <laughs> and, I think everybody did. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was really funny because right about the time I was leaving, they, they were uh, cascading down the messages from email. So the president read it. Somebody passed something on. You better read it. Well, when I have my own business and I don't have technology support, it's really difficult. Yeah. And so I have to go find somebody that'll mm. fix my computer or whatever it is. So I always yeah. say, um, technology doesn't like me and I don't like it. But, <laughs> <laughs> Amen. But, but what's interesting to me is when I'm coaching people in business and they're saying, you know, I have people with these emails. I said, if something's really important, somebody's going to pick up the phone and call you. Mm-hmm. Second of all, have some boundaries. Let your clients know that you're on from this time to this time. Mm-hmm. And after 
eight o'clock, you're off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And then they can just wait till the next morning. And when you try to train somebody how you work, they're very respectful. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I help others see. Yeah. And they, you know, I think, I think those lines have become blurred. You know, it used to be that we didn't have technology. We couldn't answer email after five o'clock. You know, we didn't even know what emails we got after five o'clock. So, you know, a lot of that, those lines have gotten blurred where it's, you know, like me, I contend during, during conference season, I'm working, you know, a lot of hours outside of the eight to five. And people know that about me, but I don't, I don't expect them to answer if it's, you know, if it's not appropriate for them either. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the coolest things I learned about email was that I always, I'm a, I'm a type of person. I like to like close things out. I like to, you know, finish tasks and, and, you know, move things to the next spot. But email, I always used to think that I always had to get my email empty. And I've realized yes. now that an empty email box isn't going to help me at all. And that that's not a goal anymore in my life. Oh, gosh. I have 200, 288 emails right now in my email box. <gasps> I have 200,000. You have 200,000? Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I'm just passed out. This is the thing. There are certain emails that aren't worth me looking at, but no. I just signed up for Unroll Me. Oh, yeah. Oh. Did you? Yeah. You'll and have to let so me know I if it works. I've heard about that one. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Summarize. It's life changing. See, that's huge. Yeah. Once What's a day, it called? It's called Unroll Me. And it, it gives you a, a digest of all the subscription-based emails that you got that day, but they're not all in your email box. So I, I believe we will hold steady at 200,000-something unread emails. <laughs> unread emails and let them go. I, it's, it, I, it drives me crazy. I can't stand alert. I have to have alerts for, you know, obviously yeah. PR mm-hmm. reasons, sure. that kind of stuff, but I hate them. And I sit there and go, oh, gosh, you know, the struggle is real. Like, I... You know, I've declared this year to be the year of Pam Hat, not because it's about me, but I didn't know that. Yeah, I missed that go. press release. Yeah. <laughs> but, but about um, focusing on me instead of worrying about, you know, work twenty four seven or family twenty four seven, and you know, making time for me to breathe fresh air and see the sunset and ride my bike and the things that I used to do. But because I just was so working, 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 like I got to the point where. Nobody on the executive team was returning my emails on the weekends. And I was I'm like, I could take a hint. So, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so I've, I'm, I'm weaning myself off of this stuff. But, God, it would drive me crazy to know that I had, like, all those emails. Yeah. Like, well, you know what? Are, uh, not important. Yeah. Right. Obviously, they're not important. Or like what Cheryl said, if somebody really needs something, they're right. going to reach out to you. And just yeah. like me, you know, if I really need something, I'm going to email somebody. Or if they don't answer my email, I'm going to pick up the phone and call them. I might text them. I and, think I, me, you know, I, stuff like that, too. I think people our age would call, pick up the phone and call Well, us. that's true. You're right. The the other, there are other generations that yeah. would, would not yeah they're like you're right they haven't returned my email. yeah i call you know them the way CYAs. most of my people who are yeah well an email is i'm glad yeah. you said that i'm sorry kate yeah. to cut you off no. i i heard that from cheryl mm-hmm. and i overheard somebody a, a a big executive person um recently that i overheard their conversation and he said listen if somebody agrees to something then on the phone then you say thank you very much you then send an email and saying you agreed to this, so this is what I'm expecting. And then if they don't do that thing, then that is your CYA. Yep. And he does that religiously in his business is confirmation on the phone or text or whatever, and then follows up in writing. Smart. Um, and that email is writing. But the way I look at it, Pam, is I almost look at my email now almost like my Facebook feed. 
Oh, like that's what changed. Well, that's what changed it for me mentally, because there's a lot of stuff on Facebook that I really don't need to know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there is the stuff that, you know, my girlfriend that's pregnant that I didn't know she was pregnant and I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't seen it on Facebook. You know, so there is those things. And and I equate that to email, too. There are those things that if I didn't get that one email, I would have missed that one, you know, important information or somebody needed a response. But then there's a whole bunch of other stuff that I don't even need to process. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of let it go. And it just kind of like you talked about, Kate, it's just all sitting in there unopened, but I've seen it. I, it it's made a presence in my head and I've moved on and, and realized I don't need to take time to respond to that or I don't need to read that oh, newsletter. I, I, get, I get rid of them in my file. Well, and I will eventually, but that used to be my thing was I had to always clean them off and get them filed or deleted or, or moved to somewhere else. But now I don't mind that they just stack up like that i'm gonna grow up and be like you colleen just think about it like your facebook feed you're like oh okay important important not important not important yeah it just sits there because that moment it takes you to take them and drag them to the trash folder yeah you do that 20 times exactly yeah it adds up yeah it does it does yeah (laughs) that's so funny all right what else i want to hear one last thing from each of you what is the best thing or the most important thing that you've learned as far as being a leader. So I'll give you a moment. I don't think that was one of the questions that I actually asked yeah, you. You stunned us. I know. I, I, I stunned answer. you with a brand. I got a best answer. leadership ever advice uh, advice ever ever received. I think for me it's Pam. um being transparent and letting your people know that they're valued. I mean if you if they know you have their back, they'll have yours all day long. Yeah, that's you know, huge. You know, having that I've had a couple of people come in and speak to my team and they're like, man, your people love you. They tell you whether they agree with you or not. And, you know, I just kind of took it for granted. Like that. I, I thought everybody was like that, you know, and I guess it's not. And so how do you do that? Um, by being honest and open and loving them. And, and um, you know, I'm probably, you know, not your textbook leader, you know, because you, know, you got to keep that distance and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm very transparent, you know, flaws, warts and everything. Um, but, uh, you don't have any warts. Yeah, I do. But, um, but just, um, you know, being engaged with them, um, thanking them for what, giving them the recognition they deserve and having their back, even if it means that you don't necessarily agree with what they're doing and you talk about it one-on-one and another time, but having their back in front of your peers or their peers. So, so yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. And I could definitely see how that aligns with your core values and mm-hmm. with you know, the core values the respect, of Panair. Yeah, respect, mm-hmm. yeah, respect you, the individual. Isn't that one of your core values? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I bet awesome. you acknowledge them too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sincerely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because one of the things that I feel is a really great trait of a leader is not just saying thank you for the work, yeah. but really telling someone else the difference that they make for you. So instead yeah. of saying good job, you say, you know, I never say things to you because you always do stellar work, but I just want you to know that I can always count on you and you don't know what that means to me. It's, yeah. And, and just show your appreciation and acknowledgement. I'm really good at like saying thank you. And I'm really good at going into detail and writing, but not like amongst each other. That's something I'm more focusing on this mm-hmm. year and acknowledging them and um, um, praising them in public. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I do it when they're not there, like to, you know, in, in other meetings and stuff like that, but they never get to hear that. And so trying to be more intentional um, mm-hmm. amongst 
the team. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. And I think, you know, it's interesting. I'll plug Kristen's book again, Permission to Screw Up. She talks about she learned um, an acronym called FBI when it comes to complimenting people. Because I'm always the one that says, hey, I appreciate you. Hey, thank you for doing that. But it sometimes that falls on deaf ears when you say that too often or that's the only thing that you say. So she uses this acronym called FBI. And I can't remember what the F stands for, but I think it's it's talking about the thing that they did. So, you know, Kate, you participated in the conference and you've always been our conference uh, photographer. That would be like the facts. And maybe that's what F stands for. I don't know what F stands for, but it's the thing that you did. And then the B is the benefit. So what did that allow me to do? Because you are such a great photographer, I didn't have to go out and find other photographers. I didn't have to interview them and maybe hire somebody that maybe didn't do as that's phenomenal of a job. And then the I part is the impact that that you were able to accomplish together. So it's like, yeah, I would say, hey, Kate, thanks for being a great conference photographer. Because you did that, it saved me time. I didn't have to go out and find other photographers. And I'm hoping it it helps your business and, and you to be much more successful through this. So yeah. she teaches that kind of as a way that to give out a compliment. And I don't know, Cheryl, if that falls into, you know, some of the stuff that you advocate as well. But when I read that, I was like, wow, that is just such a different way yeah. of complimenting somebody, not telling them something they did great. You know, it is telling them something they did great. But then how did that make my job easier? How did that? Mm-hmm. And then how did that make this organization or this company become better because you did something that I, you know, helped me and mm-hmm. I appreciated? So I thought that was really cool. And they're authentic, um, too. Right. Yeah. yeah, very authentic and hard. I mean, you can't, you've got to think hard when you think about putting those three pieces together. And it's not just, hey, thanks for doing such a great job. It's, you know, you have to, like, be genuine and, like you said, authentic and actually think about what it, you know, what it really was. Yeah. So, and how it, and how it made a difference. And when somebody receives something like that, it's so different, isn't mm-hmm. it? Than me just going, thanks, Kate. You're always such great, you know, at the conference. Right. Well, and it lets them know that you've really thought about what it is that they've contributed. And mm-hmm. you're, being, you're being intentional about looking for, you know, the, the details of what they're doing. And, yeah. yeah. We want to be known. Absolutely. And that shows that you know them on some level. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So Pam did hers. Kate, did you do yours? best leadership advice? No. Okay. Do you have one? Cheryl, do you want to do yours? Well, I I would say being a lifelong learner is a big part of it. And then passing that on to other people. I think that, you know, and that can go a lot of different directions. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Somebody instilled that in you. For sure. That's very cool. How about you, Cheryl? What's the best leadership advice you've ever received? Stop gossiping. Oh, that's a good one. And one of the, and it was really interesting. Were you a gossiper? Well, it was about the quota of IBM and the mediocrity of the quota system, which was like, really, you're going to change that? So my my um, boss, I was uh, complaining because if I did a really good job, then they'd give somebody, uh, give me more quota and we do somebody else's quota. And I thought that was <laughs> not fair. So, and you would have heard it loud and clear. So my, my uh, manager called me and he said, Cheryl? You need to stop talking about this. That was the only thing he said. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. And now what I do is I ask others. I said, please leave other people with an affinity for that person that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Because you know the reverse. And it doesn't do anybody any good. And it brings everybody down. 
and it really sucks the energy out of an organization. Yeah. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's well, making people feel valued. Well, and if you are known as a gossiper, then it's really hard to overcome that reputation. For sure. You're known that all mm-hmm. your whole career. Right. And you're not trustworthy at that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely true. Well, this has been phenomenal, you guys. I so could, fun. Yeah, seriously, we went way over on time. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, what's to think about that? Right. Yeah. Exactly. But I could have spent hours with each one of you. This is this is such a great group of of women. If you are just now tuning in, you got to listen to Cheryl Ware. She is um, her business is leadership coaching and mentoring and helping people achieve stri- strategic breakthrough results. And her company is Cheryl Ware and Associates. Check her out in our show notes. You also listen to Kate Trike, photographer extraordinaire. Kate Trike photography, photo- photographs, all sorts of, of living things. Nothing that's not living, right? You don't do the, like, landscape stuff. I don't think so. Actually, I do have some landscapes. I just She does? What we do okay. and what we advertise are sometimes different things. Okay, there you, yeah, go. there you go. There you go. And then you also listen to Pam Hatt, Director of Marketing for Penn Air Federal Credit Union. Thank you for being here today as well. Thank you for having me. And this, this was Women in Leadership, a show brought to you, sponsored by Powerful, or I'm sorry, sponsored by Pensacola Business Radio X and actually brought to you by Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast. And we are so glad that you tuned in to listen to our show today. And we hope that uh, we get you next month with our fabulous group that will be here as well. If you want to check out more information about the organization, PowerfulWomenGulfCoast.com or Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast on Facebook. And we are on Instagram if you're not a Facebook person. So we're brand new on there. So don't expect me to do fabulous things because I haven't quite figured that one out yet. (laughs) Maybe I need to go through some of Pam's training (laughs) since she's figured out the whole social media thing. But thank you, everybody, for listening. And we hope to see you at one of our events or at um, interact with us in some way. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.